General home safety tips include storing potentially hazardous items. You know, lotion could be confused as mayonnaise mm. or paint confused as food. You don't want to put paint in a bowl because then it might look like cereal yeah, or soup sure. or something mm-hmm. or ketchup even if you have little small containers. So medication, you can imagine medication management must be difficult for someone if they can't recall whether they took their medication today. You start talking about medication for diabetes, blood pressure, you know, some major medication that needs to be managed appropriately each day for people that are progressed in their dementia. And maybe not leaving the medication out if you're managing it for yeah. them so that they don't go and take it on their own and over-medicate. Yeah. <laughs> right. So alcohol, locking up matches, anything, sharp objects sometimes. I've even heard of families that have taken the knobs off of the stove that turn the stove on. Keeping cleaning products out of the way. Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to today's episode of Aging in Style. We are talking today about home safety, but not just about home safety. We're talking about home safety specifically for people with Alzheimer's. And we're going to talk about how dementia affects safety and also some home safety tips. So we have the expert here today to help us through this. So we have Megan Rowe, who's been on the show before. She's with the Alzheimer's Association. She's the Senior Program Manager with the Alzheimer's Association, the Dallas and Northeast Texas chapter. So welcome, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. It's always nice to be with you. I'm excited for today's topic as well. Me too. So we we talk so much on this show and then also in business, you know, with working with seniors, I talk all the time about staying safe because people want to stay in their homes as long as possible for personal reasons, for financial reasons. And I totally get that, but we want them to be safe at home. And there are certain things when you have dementia that you have to think about that you don't have to think about if you don't have dementia. So why don't we talk about that and kind of really start talking about how does dementia affect safety? Yeah, so um, we'll cover a few things with uh, dementia and safety, but I do want to reiterate that it's really important to, to keep an eye out for warning signs of dementia for your loved ones, because one of the, these things that comes up is safety in the home when someone is experiencing symptoms of dementia. So what does that mean as far as safety goes? We can talk about how the um brain is affected by in many ways by Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So there's judgment, forgetting how to use things within the home, you know, getting lost on one's own street. So like a sense of time and place, there's, and if you, and you start mixing these things together and it it really gets complicated. So if you're, you know, having a tough time with sense of time and place, but you're also having a tough time with judgment, you might stick for example, the newspaper's wet into the oven to dry it and walk away and forget about it. My mm-hmm. grandmother actually did that. 
on my great grandmother and caused a fire in her kitchen. So that was a big safety risk. That was a warning sign for us that we had no idea um, there was other things going on for her. Yeah, that reminds me. I have someone close to me who their father had dementia and they were making things work best they could. He was going to a daycare center kind of thing, adult day stay while they were at work. And so they brought him home and there was maybe like 10 minutes between when she was getting home from work and he was home alone for like this 10 minutes. Well, Mm -hmm. he wet himself and he, you know, with judgment, like you said, he took his jeans and he put them in the microwave because he thought he could, you know, dry them that way. way, Started um, a fire. And thankfully she was going to stop at Walmart and she's like, no, I better get home. And she, came home and this is in a 10 minute you know time period that he's alone and the house would have burned down had she not gotten there who knows what would have happened to him to her dogs everything so that was their wake-up call that he can no longer be home alone even for you know a minute but yeah yeah, so that just reminded me when you said judgment and you know that's that's a perfect example well, and it doesn't take long to have those situations happen, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. It'd be just a moment someone walks away and that happens. There's behavioral changes. You know, someone might be easily confused, suspicious, or fearful. So if you have someone that has been coming to the home and helping clean, or you want someone to come and, you know, provide in home just support for the person. If someone's suspicious or confused or fearful, this might become a combative or agitated situation. I've heard of a lot of people that they don't let people in their houses, even though the family wants to have someone come support or they're going to go run errands. So they have someone come hang out at the house and the person with dementia just can't handle it. It's not, they're not recognizable to them. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to take those things into consideration too. physical ability. So, you know, things as we age, uh, things change physically, (laughs) Mm -hmm. as you probably talk about on this show, but just issues with balance, walking, your eyesight declining or changing. There's just different things that can happen on top of dementia. Um, so that becomes a safety hazard hazard at home. There's also spatial things that can happen with dementia. So what looks to me like rug on the floor, there's a lot of pattern to it. It could be very overwhelming uh, and it looks like it could be moving or it could just be confusing or you could have black and white checkered floor and the black looks like is interpreted in the brain as a whole. So there's these different things that we just need to take into consideration for someone with dementia. Light even can affect the way someone perceives a room. So the sh- if you have deep shadows in a room and not a, a lot of adequate light. So that's, that comes back to senses and changes in vision, hearing, sensitivity to temperatures. I um, recently saw someone that was experiencing their loved one was just very cold all the time, even though the thermostat is on 80 all the time. So there's just this different perception of weather outside too. I mean, I've worked with people that dress inappropriately to go outside. So it could be winter and they're putting shorts on. So those things, as you, as you imagine, could become major safety risks for the home. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about things you can do in your home just to help prolong possibly the 
the safety of the person living in the home environment and just things to consider as we um, try to keep our loved ones at home as long as possible. And keep in mind those things that we talked about too when it comes to safety and how dementia affects safety as we go through this list. So general home safety tips include storing potentially hazardous items. You know, lotion could be confused as mayonnaise mm. or, you know, I've seen paint confused as food, depending on how you, if you set up a paint table and you don't want to put paint in a bowl because then it might look like cereal yeah, or soup sure. or something mm-hmm. or ketchup even if you have little small containers. So medication, you can imagine medication management must be difficult for someone if they can't recall whether they took their medication today. You start talking about medication for diabetes, blood pressure, you know, some major medication that needs to be managed appropriately each day. That can be complicated. So medication management becomes very important for people that are progressed in their dementia. And maybe not leaving the medication out if you're managing it for them so that they don't go and take it on their own and over medicate. Yeah, <laughs> right. So alcohol, locking up matches, anything, sharp objects sometimes. I've even heard of families that have taken the knobs off of the stove that turn the stove on and um, small appliances and tools. You can keep those in a secured cabinet, uh, keeping cleaning products out of the way. Uh, like those laundry packs, those little, they look like the Tide Pods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes they, they don't necessarily, if you're used to liquid laundry your whole life and then all of a sudden your family uses those little packs, it may look unrecognizable to you. Mm-hmm. But bleach, you want to really consider locking up anything that may be a harmful chemical that can be helpful. If you're like me, I have stuff like that all over the house. So having a dedicated space for that might be helpful. Let's see. What else have we got? Make sure that you also have um, emergency numbers saved in your phone or on the fridge. So poison control. You know, we all know 911, but do we know the number for poison control or even um, local family member or, you know, say there's someone coming in while you go run groceries they need to make sure that those numbers are accessible too, as uh, as well as like a list of medications that a person takes if they end up going to the hospital for some reason. Those doctors and healthcare workers need to know exactly what they're taking. So having a list handy can be helpful, usually near the fridge or on the fridge. Make sure carbon monoxide and smoke detectors and fire extinguishers are available mm-hmm. and inspected regularly. This applies to any and all Exactly. People. Yeah, we should all do that. Yes, for sure. You know, uh, kind of going back to things that they could mistake. Um, I was reading something about like a lot of people have like fake fruit. I know my mom always used to have fake fruit, but oh, yeah. they may pick that up and eat, you know, try to eat a fake apple or whatever because it, it looks so real and they just don't realize it. Yeah, there's there's those things, too, that you should probably consider in your house. You know, if it's necessary to have the fake fruit or if that's confusing for your loved one, it kind of depends on the situation, too, and how progressed the person is mm-hmm. or if they even go for that item. But if your mom loves bananas and you have fake bananas on your table, you might want to consider switching that out for flowers or something a little bit different. So safety when it comes to walking throughout the house, and this applies to senior living too. You don't want to have a bunch of rugs that are easy, you know, that you can trip over pretty easily. You don't want to have extension cords hanging out or excessive clutter. So keeping your space walkways clear 
You want to also consider night lights and adequate lighting for every space, including hallways that might be darker, that don't have windows. Um, someone with dementia may not always walk into a room and think, I need to turn the light switch on. I've seen that many times. So having night lights can be very helpful. And they can be flush with the wall too. So you can find the kind that, you know, just come on automatically and if the light's off and they can be flush with the wall or there's even low cost options with all the LED, you know, technology out there nowadays. So you definitely want to keep the walkways well lit and clear clutter. As far as large furniture goes within the rooms, you want to make sure that's also kind of clear and out of the way of walkways. It's really easy to bump into something. Do you ever bump into the corner of mm-hmm. a yes. bed or <laughs> a cabinet and it just is so painful? Well, for someone that's older, that might ha- happen, but it, they could trip over that. It could result in a fall. And we really want to make sure we're preventing falls in our in our spaces. Our seniors are very vulnerable to broken bones or hips. And you just want to make sure that. And then going to the hospital can be a little you know, challenging as well. So exactly. And we always hear, or I do when I'm talking to families, they'll have, you know, a family member diagnosed with dementia and they also have mobility issues and Mm -hmm. they forget to use their walker. They need to use a walker. They just, they can't remember to use it. So I don't know what the answer to that is other than just keeping an eye on them and having the environment as safe as possible with as few, you know, fall hazards as can be. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, a lot of people love those walkers that have the wheels and like a little basket and stuff. But for someone with dementia, that might not be the safest option because they can go, you know, they may forget to lock it Mm -hmm. before they get up and try to use it and then they can go forward. So I would, you know, recommend working with your doctor, your home health company, if you have one, to figure out what the best walker situation is for your loved one. I think those classic silver ones with the tennis balls can be helpful (laughs) Mm because you don't have to lock them and they can stay close by. Um, But yeah, that becomes kind of an issue too, definitely. So let's see. We want to make sure that someone has the right shoes on, some non-slip shoes so they can walk around their house okay. And and when they're in, have you ever had a trouble getting up from a deep couch or like Maybe a bed that was too tall is hard to get into. You want to make sure that there's leveled, supportive furniture for an aging person, that it's easy to get out of. You're not sinking too much. There's different adaptive chairs out there that help someone get out. If you, husband loves that lazy boy, they make them where they can kind of lift a little bit. Lift chairs. Yeah, those are very cool. Yeah, but they definitely need assistance in using them, but they're Mm -hmm. quite comfortable. Um, So just take that into consideration, too, because you might have to adjust the height of a bed or even put a bed in the corner as opposed to in the middle of the room just for, you know, safety reasons and only getting out on one side and maybe not rolling out of bed at night. There are some um, adaptive, uh, you know, equipment things I've seen where you can put a rail like to help someone get out of bed. It's like a little, it's not a, like a huge rail, like a bed rails. You use it to just support yourself and help you get out of oh, the yeah. bed. Like yeah, like a hand um, assistance. Yeah, there's those kinds yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. I've even seen mesh material side, like something on the side that you can put on there. So it kind of, it's like a bumper and you it attaches by putting it under your mattress. So it's kind of an L shape. Um, so there are some things like that out there and you yeah. can always, again, work with your 
uh, medical professionals to figure out medical equipment if you do need that. There's suggestions, and you know, I don't see this a lot, so you have to really figure this out with your loved one. But if you have huge glass doors in your house with no window treatments, you might want to consider um, some kind of sticker at eye level that shows that this is an exit or this is a door or a label um, so that the person isn't walking into the glass. You know, it's not necessarily super common, but again, it depends on the person and their experience of dementia and how their brain's working. It might look like you could walk right through it, especially if you keep those windows super clean. (laughs) Um, You want to ensure those doors are visible. You can also do a latch or a deadbolt also on the doors just to help for extra safety. You know, it's not necessarily recommended to lock people into spaces, but for the purposes of, you know, if someone's wandering at night and trying to get into the backyard, they might not be able to operate that latch Mm -hmm. or something when you're together inside. I had a family I worked with. The husband was caring for his wife who had dementia and she would get up at night and he was so exhausted, bless his heart. So one night he didn't hear her get up and she got up and he couldn't find her. And so he's looking all over the house. He's looking outside. Turns out he finds her in the garage and she was just walking in circles in the garage. And he didn't know how long she had been there. And, you know, that was sort of his, you know, moment where he said, I can't do this anymore because there's so many dangerous things in a garage. So what he did yeah. until, yeah, until we could figure out placement for her, he put a latch, like you're saying, on the the door leading to the garage. So that wouldn't happen again. Yeah. So that's still, that's a good idea too, because the garage isn't the only exit within the house Mm -hmm. and it's a good place to store things sometimes that might be hazardous to someone living with dementia. So that's a really good idea. This is not the same at all, but we might, I have a five-year-old and we have doors we don't want her to open like the front Mm -hmm. door and (laughs) there's different doors. So we've put those um, kind of childproof. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those when my kids were little, I half the time I couldn't open the door. (laughs) So those are effective. (laughs) Yeah. Especially on the front door. Cause you know, she could just walk right out if she wanted to, if I didn't have one on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are just some things that you can also consider. You want to, you know, you want to consider removing firearms from the home and storing them in a locked cabinet. If you have those accessible, that can become very dangerous for a person living with dementia, especially if they're confused or are perceiving, you know, things in a suspicious way. So it becomes very dangerous. If you do have firearms in the home, you want to make sure that those are in a safe place and locked up. One of the suggestions we have too is to remove locks from the interior doors of the house. So the person with dementia doesn't accidentally get locked in the bathroom or the bedroom and you have kind of no way other than to like mm-hmm. find a safety, you know, one yeah, of those safety pins to open mm-hmm. up the door. So that's uh, something that, that we suggest as well. Um, there are programs too for wandering response. You know, many people with dementia will wander in their journey. Um, so, and sometimes that's the red flag for placement, Lori, like, Mm-hmm. You know, there was a family that I worked with and that was kind of their transition point when her husband started leaving the home. And there was just one day, luckily they had really great neighbors and he was just walking around the neighborhood. But, you know, it was very scary for her to not be able to find her husband who had never really wandered before. Yeah. And very dangerous as well, not just because of wandering, but I had one gentleman where 
he, like, you know, a lot of homes and neighborhoods look very similar. And so he went to a house a street over and he swore it was his house and he's trying to get in the house. Well, if someone's trying to get in your house and you don't know they have dementia, yeah, you know, you don't know what could happen, especially if maybe they have a firearm or something. So, you know, this, he was trying to get in a window. He was doing all this stuff. And oh, thankfully, wow. Thankfully, they realized something wasn't right and um, were able, you know, they called the police and they got him back home. But that was, you know, a wake up call for that family as well. Yeah, that's something to consider. But there are wandering response services out there. You can always call the Alzheimer's Association. We work with uh, Medical Alert, Safe Return. So you can, for to enrollment, I'll put the number out there. It's 1-800-272-3900. That's our 24-7 helpline number. And um, basically, it's a piece of jewelry that identifies Alzheimer's. And then there's a response team that you're you're involved with one of those like national call center mm-hmm. response teams. And then they also make them for caregivers because well, people always ask me why, but it's the caregiver has a loved one at home with dementia and they end up in the hospital or something. That bracelet notifies the people that are taking care of that caregiver that someone needs to go check on that family member at home or wherever. That makes sense. And not to keep telling stories, but this just keeps reminding me, we had a lady who her son took care of her and he was in his 50s and he had a massive heart attack. And thankfully, family or not family, they didn't have any family close by. All the family was like in Alaska. They were really far away and couldn't get here quickly. But the neighbor knew that she had dementia. She was very advanced. And the neighbors took care of her till family could get there. And then we could, you know, figure out placement for her. But I I like that idea with the caregiver, because if the caregiver is unconscious, can't speak, whatever someone will know that there's someone at home that needs to be cared for. I hadn't even heard of that, but that's a great tip. Yeah. And um, there's chapters that could provide scholarship for the bracelet if cost is an issue. So we never want anyone to not be able to be part of that program if they need it. So please feel free to check that out for any of those, any of those mm -hmm. folks that are listening. Do you know approximately what the cost is on those type of programs? I think the jewelry is kind of in the $50 range. And then there's a, like an annual fee to be enrolled in this service nationally. But again, we can help provide coverage for that. Our callers just need to let us know that they, you know, they're interested in the scholarship program. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So if we have some time, I'd like to go through a couple different rooms that are potentially hazardous for folks with dementia. Sure, sure. Let's do, do you that. Think we, okay. Yeah. So we have the kitchen. Okay. Think of all the things we do in the kitchen. So we definitely recommend using appliances that have automatic shutoff features, prevent unsafe stove usage by applying stove knob covers, or again, I've heard of removing knobs, um, turning off the gas light when the stove is not in use. Uh, disconnect the garbage disposal as you can imagine that might be a little hazardous if things get down there and we're using it mark food with a purchase date regularly check for and throw away expired items if you're a busy woman like me sometimes you know the fridge gets forgotten about keeping things up to date so science experiments in there yes yeah (laughs) i have to remind myself regularly okay time to clean it up time to check on it so anyway you just don't want anything in there that's been there too long and someone with dementia sees it and they're like oh i'm gonna try eating this and then you know it could make them sick so Keep that in mind. Discard uh, toxic plants in the house. 
uh, if you're an animal lover, you probably have plants in your house that are safe for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same for humans. We want to make sure that there's no toxic plants in the home, decorative fruits that might be mistaken for real food, like you had mentioned. Yeah. Remove vitamins, prescription drugs, sugar substitutes, and seasonings from the kitchen table and counters. You know, put those kind of out of sight, out of mind. Uh, I saw that with the vitamins. <laughs> and so I, I totally got it with the vitamins. What like seasonings, like cinnamon or like what other seasonings? Anything. I mean, think if you're having a bowl of cereal and you think salt is sugar and you're pouring a bunch of salt on your on your cereal or Mm -hmm. you use the pepper and (laughs) they're using way too much and then you have a sneezing fit or and and it could come back to dietary restrictions too. If you have diabetes, you need to restrict the amount of types of foods you have. And so you just need to make sure that access is kind of out of sight, out of mind and provide that food um, for them or you know it's really meaningful to still allow help with preparing your own food for someone with dementia so just having the stuff that's available and appropriate for them to have so that's kind of some kitchen suggestions maybe you know store your knives if you're normally storing them on the counter maybe get the ones that have covers and store them in the uh, drawer yeah so when we go to the laundry room, uh, you want to make sure to clean out lint screens and dryer ducts regularly to prevent fires. That applies to every house and home. Consider installing the safety locks that we talked about, but they have them for washing machines and dryers too. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that nothing inappropriate ends up in your washer. I don't know if you've ever washed a pen on accident uh, or yeah. something like that <laughs> and what a mess it can cause, but you definitely don't want it to have the dryer mixed up with the washer and, you know, things can happen or you pour mm-hmm. soap in the dryer. So you just have to take that into consideration because it comes back to not only judgment, but just confusion about what appliance does what. Mm-hmm. So keep all the cleaning products, of course, that we talked about locked up, stored somewhere. This goes for the bathroom too. And some of these are just safety suggestions anyway, like installing uh, grab bars in your bathrooms to provide additional supports. Make sure your water temperature, like you can cap the heat of your water Mm -hmm. temperature in in the shower and things to help prevent burned skin or scalding of your skin. I don't know if anybody out there loves to take hot showers, but my husband does, but he probably, you know, when you have dementia, you probably don't know what the limit is. I think a lot of these things are things, and I'm not comparing, you know, an older adult to a child, but a lot of it is like childproofing. Like if you think Mm -hmm. about when your kids were toddlers, we we did all of this. Like we turned the heat down on the hot water heater because, you know, in case the kids turned on the water, which one of them did, (laughs) but so that they wouldn't get burned. And put, you know, the locks and the cabinets, all the different things you're talking about, kind of think home safety, things that you might have done when your children were young. Yeah. Now take into consideration all the childproofing you do for your kids, mm-hmm. but then you add years of experience of exactly. being able to use everything in your house. And then mm-hmm. so there's this desire and need to still do that. But then just the safety that comes with that. I mean, sometimes we have safety issues ourselves as adults, just forgetting, you know, having too much on our mind and walking away from, oh, I need to stir the pot of whatever the food. Oh, shoot, I burned it, you know, Mm -hmm. or I forgot the thing in the oven and now my cookies are burnt. So (laughs) those are just things that we have to be extra cautious for when we're talking about a dementia diagnosis. And it's really important to get that dementia diagnosis early. Like I said before, if you're noticing warning signs, 
you want to get ahead of it because the safety stuff becomes quite hazardous to someone that's experiencing signs of dementia. And so if you don't know that there's that that's going on for your loved one, you don't know how to put these safety things in place. Um, so this becomes one of the things that really becomes part of the care plan. One of the things too that's suggested for bathroom is, you know, those textured stickers to help prevent falls or slips in the yeah. shower. Mm-hmm. When we go to the bedroom, again, you want to consider the bed height. If people use the electric blankets, my dad uses an electric blanket because they live in Kansas City and it's, uh, it gets cold in the winter. Mm-hmm. So they love their heating pads and electric <laughs> blankets, but you have to consider that as a fire hazard potentially. Or to burn the skin, you know, those things can get hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Provide seating near the bed to help with dressing. Having some kind of chair that's, you know, good height and everything would be great uh, in the bedroom. And then ensure closet shelves are at an accessible height so that items are easy to reach. So that might be some adjustments in the closet. And you also want to prevent someone from wanting to climb in their closet to get something uh, that can help prevent falling objects from above or having a fall risk. I also, this isn't on this list, but I do recommend limiting the stuff that maybe in is in the closet because it's it can get overwhelming to have too many choices. So if it's summer, maybe just have the summer clothing available and appropriate shoes that are available as opposed to, you know, walking into my closet and have stuff for all seasons and shoes for all seasons and towels and linens and all sorts of things. Well, I mean, that would do do two things for them, you know, it'd be less overwhelming and let them still be independent to make their choice of what they're going to wear. And you know that they're going to choose something appropriate if it's summer and you only have summer clothes in there. Right. So I think that can be helpful. So sometimes, you know, it's good to donate your clutter and reduce the clutter we talked about today. So that's kind of the overall theme of the safety at home we have for today. I hope that was helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have any questions, I'd love to answer. Yeah, share that number again. What was it, the number that you gave out? Yes, so we have the bracelets. The Alzheimer's Association works with Medical Alert Safe Return. So the number is actually our 24-7 helpline. So that number is 1-800-272-3900. And that will connect you. You just tell them that you're, you're interested in Medical Alert and they will help you get through that process. Okay. And I know the um, Alzheimer's Association website is amazing. And you could go on there and just search for home safety. Would that pull up everything, all the, all the stuff we've talked about? Yeah, and you can more. actually go to alz.org backslash safety. Okay. So you can just type that into your browser. And what's going to come up, Lori, is more than just home safety. Driving, it's our whole safety center. So wandering, home safety, dementia and driving, technology safety, medication safety, traveling, the considerations you want to take for traveling, preparing for emergencies, and abuse and neglect. So those are the things that are going to come up for our safety center. Okay, great. So lots and lots of information. They have a wonderful website if you have not been there. But I so appreciate you being on, Megan. This was some just excellent information And I think it's so important for everyone to consider home safety, no matter if you're getting older and living alone, think about safety, but also even more important if the person that you love and care for has dementia. 
So thank you as always for being on the show. Of course, thanks for having me. We have her on each month to cover a different topic about Alzheimer's because there are so, so many um, topics to share, so much information. But um, again, thank you so much for being on and thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 